2: Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank.
3: All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We're loaded. Coming up, Ginny Bronchek and her one-on-one with Jessica Coody. I go one-on-one with G. Juarez. And Toby sits down with Tyler Hart. So let's get after it. We have a full spring game preview dropping tomorrow morning with the huddle. But today, the focus on women's hoops, baseball, and softball. So let's start it with Jessica Cootie, who went one-on-one with new women's basketball coach, Ginny Baranchet. You
4: guys got off the plane, just seeing the excitement in your kids. And you've talked at the press conference and you've answered a lot of questions. But I'd be interested to hear as a mom talking to your kids about, hey, we're going to Oklahoma, how that spill went and what made them so excited to come here as a family.
5: Yeah. No, and you know, that's part, of, that's part of family. And it's, you know, and my, my kids are all in and they're already decked out and there's Sooner Gear and my three-year-old has her own version of Boomer Sumer, which has been really fun. And my, my middle daughter is, you know, she just turned seven and so she studied the roster. She knows who everybody is and their numbers and she's kind of figured all of that stuff out. But, but honestly, they couldn't be more excited and I couldn't be more excited either. And um, you know, we're just ready
4: to get here and get moving it's It's been documented, you know, your coaching journey up to this point, um, you know the the time as an assistant coach and then what you did at Drake. But I'd be interested to hear from the start, you know why you wanted to get into coaching in the first place because a lot of basketball players love the sport, but they don't want to coach it. So what inspired you to want to coach the sport?
5: Yeah, good question. Uh, you know, I think a big part of it is—is is I just love this game, and I always have, and I've always had my opinion about it, right? And I've—and I, you know, my dad coached me growing up, and so I've had great Hall of Fame coaches, and so when you when you get to be coached by really good people, you kind of start to learn. Um, but I love to teach the game; I love it, and then I love putting pieces together to be able to make incredible teams. I mean, strong women together, there's nothing better. Um, And so, I I don't know, I think it's just part of your DNA. The the teaching part and just the loving part of of the game, just putting it together is really,
4: really probably the biggest part. We hear you use the word love a lot, right? And, And that's kind of what you built your philosophy on and you want your players to love playing the game, love playing together, love playing for Oklahoma. How did that kind of philosophy develop and when did you kind of, find like, hey, this is gonna be successful if I approach it with this. Well, I think the simplicity of it,
5: right? Because sometimes we we get into, yes, there's discipline and yes, there's hard work, but what's actually special, right? I mean, we, you know, part, part of your roots and part of you being an athlete, you have to work hard to get where you're at. So what's special? And it's to really throw yourself all in and to really love it. And love is the strongest human emotion that we have. You know, I mean, you even look at the Navy SEALs and they're doing the same thing. They have this just deep connection of love. And so for me, it's just really turned into loving what we get to do every day and never taking. That for granted and loving how we want to be able to do it. And then you love the people that you get to do it with, because again, there's nothing better than being part of
4: a team. You know, Sherry Cole obviously did incredible things here the last 25 years. This is the first time we're talking to a new, you know, coach in charge of Oklahoma Women's Basketball. It was a program that had been cut. She kind of turns it around. You know, you come in here and and following a Hall of Famer like that and, and you see all the banners and whatnot. How inspiring is it? To, you to, to take over a program like this. Well, Sherry's incredible, and what she's done for for the sport,
5: um, you know. And and I don't even probably understand her impact at Oklahoma. I will. I don't probably understand it as much as I do on a national level. I mean, she's really been absolutely incredible. And so it was it was actually really nice to be able to connect with her. So I have been able to connect with her to be able to talk, um, and we'll continue to connect. We'll continue to honor her. Um, but what an incredible foundation and one that you know, we want her to still be part of
4: as well. Um, You know, you've talked about Oklahoma and the support and and, you know, the the administration and and the fans and and whatnot. You don't find that everywhere. It might just be like numbers to make sure that you qualify, but to see the investment that, you know, Oklahoma has in its women's programs, in its women's basketball program, what does that mean to you coming in as the new head coach? Well, you know, to be
5: really successful, you have to invest in people. and and real relationships and be authentic in those relationships and you can see that throughout the whole process You know, in terms of any types of communication that I've been able to have. And then you look at the other piece. There's one thing to say things are important and there's a whole different level of investment when you can see it. So to be able to see not just the facilities but to be able to see what they're doing in terms of what we wanna be able to do in terms of building a fan base, that's really another piece that really put, you put the two together and really
4: amazing things are gonna continue to happen. Let's talk about the style of play that Sooner fans can expect to uh, come in and watch. And I've heard it's so much fun and, and you're gonna have people that wanna get in the seats to watch it. Um, you know, you led the nation in assists last year, your team did. How does that develop for you? How did you kind of find success in that and how does it translate here? Well, I think, you know, in, in terms of the style of play, right, we, would, we wanna have an up-tempo
5: style of play. And so, and it's a unique, it, it's, it's unique in terms of they're gonna make reads and they're gonna go and they're gonna have five people on the floor at all times that need to be scoring threats and we're gonna play together. I think that's a huge part. So it'll be a lot of, um, you know, playing together in terms of two on two plus a passer, right? So they're making reads, they're picking people apart. Um, there's gonna be possessions where they all touch the ball and then there's gonna be possessions where it's we're flat out making a play, we're up the floor and they are gone. And so what I the biggest piece, right, is you wanna compete but you want to have fun playing. So I want them to be tough, and I want them to be disciplined, but I want them to have a smile on their face, giving high fives and pointing at each other. That then attracts the next assist, right? So the assist is just the byproduct of how we decide we want to step on the floor and play. So we'll get up and down, and
4: we'll have a lot of fun playing basketball. Yeah, and this team coming back, you know, they are, Young, they've been young, but you got some of the top scorers in the big twelve. How exciting is that for you as you kind of gotten to know them and, and kind of what their potential is to fit your style? Well, the, the players that are on the roster right now will 100% fit the
5: style, right? And we will continue to recruit really high-level players to come in, right, and continue to fit in this style that we want. Depth is key. Depth is key in terms of how you want to be able to compete for conference championships and then compete in the NCAA tournament. And so that's something we're
4: going to continue to really focus on. But but this team is ready, and I'm just so ready to coach them. What has the process been like? I know it's, it's just been a, a few days, but you've had some Zoom meetings, and, and you got to meet them for the first time kind of what's the process like and how do you continue to develop those relationships?
5: Well, time is is what you need, right? Time and space. And so right now, yes, it's been mostly virtual and I got to connect with them for about five minutes before stepping out on the floor, but it's so good to be able to get into the same space. And so you can't rush anything, um, but you can dive in because we don't have a lot of time before the end of this school year. And so we're gonna dive in and have great conversations and build real relationships. But I've also been able to connect with incoming players as well, which has been really good. So I've been able to do some Zoom calls with, with them and with their family and I think those are important. That's all we have right now. So we will utilize whatever we can
4: um, to be able to build relationships because that's the first thing we need to focus on. And, and you talked about you know, recruiting players in the state. You've got a number of them that were the best players in the state of Oklahoma on this roster right now. Why is it so important to make sure that you are focusing on the state of Oklahoma?
5: Well, I think focusing on the state, the number one thing is there's talent here, right? And so that's what we want to be able to bring really high level talent here. I think the second thing is to continue to really focus on the fan base, right? Fans want to see who they know. They want to be able to see people that they've watched since they were young to be able to come in and then play out their college experience. And then the third thing is when you when you have these little girls that grow up and they want to become Oklahoma Sooners, there's nothing better than being able to step on the floor and to play not just for your school, not just for your program, but for your state and where you're from. That's why we wanna really start here. But it's also a national brand that you can go other places. And not every, you know, there's there's people all over the country that really
4: wanna come here and can come here and make it a giant impact. And, you know, we talked a lot of basketball, but it's more than just basketball as a student athlete and that's been very important to you also being involved in the community. Why is that kind of important that it's not just basketball, that you're, you're talking about, you know, well-rounded, woman that comes through this program?
5: I think it's really important for us to be the best for this community that we possibly can. And so, and I say that, I'm not saying that we need to be the best in the community, but we need to be the best for this community. We're ambassadors, not just for our program, but for this university and for the entire community. And so part of that is being confident, part of that serving, um, and that's really how these women can continue to impact these young people and also continue to grow in their confidence and be able to become leaders
4: after they leave. So those are, that's why it's it's so foundational. Last question for you, you know, talking with people that have gone through the hiring process with you and then throughout this day, you know, and then you've said it too, it just felt like the perfect fit, right? Um, between you and Oklahoma. Why is it such a, a perfect match? You know,
5: I go so much off of feel, and that's why it fits. You can talk about the investment in people. You can talk about the vision and the goals, and all of those are in alignment. Uh, But there is something special. When you step on campus or when you sit there and you talk to anybody that is from this area, you can just feel it. There's magic, and it's extremely special and extremely unique. But that's, again, why it's not just me that's going to be attracted to this place. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to continue to be attracted to this place.
4: We look forward to seeing what you do with it as you take over the range. Jenny, thanks for your time, and again, welcome to Norman. Thank you so much. I could not be more excited, and the rest of my family couldn't either. So thank
5: you, thank you.
3: Season tickets available now. Go to Soonersports.com slash tickets to learn more about season tickets for women's basketball. It's going to be exciting. Speaking of exciting, big weekend ahead, big weeks ahead for the Sooners. After their series with Texas Tech, there's only two more weeks in the regular season. And we've moved the Baylor series to Tuesday. So we'll play a doubleheader on Tuesday of next week. I had a chance to catch up with Sooner standout super senior, G. Warnes. G. gave me the greatest quote this season. We were getting ready for the Louisiana Tech game. And I asked you a very simple question, G. I said, what's the biggest difference between pitching on dirt and pitching on turf? And your answer was fantastic. Because you said, well, it's turf. And I just... I think that's the best, but uh, I appreciate your time. How you feeling? I know it was uh, it was a lot this weekend after the three game set against Texas, and then to turn around and go against George. But how's your body doing? How's your mind right now?
1: Um, it's pretty good. Um, I honestly forgot I said that. <laughs> so now thinking back i'm like yeah i did say that um but but you gave me a great answer
3: you you still gave me a great answer g i will say you still you still educated me after kind of putting me in my place where i need to be but yeah no you're always money but yeah i'm sorry (laughs) tell me how you feeling how's your mind how's your body right now
1: um it's good uh it's just getting uh prepared for this weekend and um just taking what we learned and um, trying to process it very quickly and then get ready for this weekend and just recovering um, and doing what we need for our bodies. But I feel pretty good right now.
3: That's good. That's good. Can you just take me through what this has been like for you in 2020 and uh, 2021, excuse me, in general? After everything you experienced in 2020, I remember. Gosh, this offseason, knowing all the uh, rehab that you went through and the excitement heading into to last year, and then uh, obviously for a lot of reasons things got shut down early. But how has 2021 fared for you, and what has this process been like getting back to kind of a sense of normalcy for you in the circle?
1: Um, <laughs> It's been good. Uh, it was a lot. Um, it was hard because um, it felt like I would take – two steps forward, one step back, uh, when it came to rehab, but I mean, it all kind of worked out because when I came back, like I got to pitch to the best offense in the country. Um, and so like when I came back, I was super excited, super pumped to like just pitch to them in general. Um, cause I knew they were going to make me better and they were going to make me better fast. Um, and it's been, um, I've had to give myself a lot of grace um, when I'm in the circle and whatnot and just understand that like, Hey, it's been a while since you've seen live batters. It's been a very (laughs) long time for me. Um, If I think about it, the last time I really, really pitched as myself was the national championship game. So I had to like give myself a lot of grace and just understand that it's a process. And I feel like I talked to Lindsay Elam a lot and We kind of just have been like, yeah, like we're slowly taking and taking a turn around the corner and getting over like the little humps that I've been going through, but just like getting back into the normalcy of getting out there and getting after it and getting that competitive mindset going and whatnot. So we're just taking it day by day, game by game.
3: So it's still a process for you then, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It's been a long process,
3: yeah. So with that in mind, um, who do you who do you, you you obviously lean on Lindsey quite a bit, but and and you know your teammates have your back like crazy. But what's what's that like to get back and and be a, and I love gee, Let me tell you something. I mean, obviously I'm insane. I'm crazy about you guys. I lose my mind on the broadcast. But when you get a strikeout and 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 you if that points to the batter or if that's to Lindsey, whatever it is, there's not a moment. I think when the Sooners play, when I get more amped up than when you do that. And I know, but you've got to keep that even keel too, right? You can't get too mm-hmm. high. You can't get too low, but you want to bring the passion. So what's that balance like for you between staying as level as you can as a pitcher but knowing when it's a big play, you're going to be fired up?
1: Um, It's <laughs> it's something that like you have to work on, um, and it's definitely towards Lindsay, just like, heck yeah, let's go. Um, for me and her, but it's like just taking deep breaths and that's something that like Coach Rocha has harped on a lot and like just helped us all work on is staying that even keel, uh, throughout the whole game. And it's not even just like one big play or anything. It's like pitch by pitch too. Cause, um, like we got to she said it best yesterday, like our mind and our body have to work together every pitch. And when one's higher than the other, like we got to learn, like we have to bring it down and just like control it. So I think the breath has been something that has like changed my game and that like keeping me fired up, but like also, okay, bring it down a little bit too. So just kind (laughs) of staying in the game. And obviously I just call into Elam out there when I need an extra second on the mound.
3: (laughs) I think I've learned, if there's one thing I've learned this year, it's how much power that Coach Rocha gives you guys. It's not a dictatorship by any stretch of the imagination, but she has confidence in you and and Shannon and obviously Lindsay and Kinsey. What does that mean to have a pitching coach that not only obviously understands what you need to get better and can teach you that, but also gives you the, the freedom and and has the confidence in you to know, hey, if, if this isn't a pitch you like or if you want to throw something different, gee, you guys can do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's very freeing. Um, it makes you better at the same time because, um, like, it's kind of awesome. It's, like, really awesome. Like, I don't know what other words to say because it's – really great when you and coach Rocha are on the same page. Like I had one of those at bats against Texas and me and her were just on the same page. Like when we're calling, when she was calling pitches and it was awesome. Like, it was like, heck yeah, let's go. Um, and then, but like, also if we're not, then it's either, okay, I'm all in with coach Rocha or, okay, we're going to make the best pitch and we're going to take responsibility for whatever happens with it type of thing. Um, if you do shake, and I think that's just something that's so empowering as a pitcher because you just, like, I don't know, you just feel more free. And it's not, like, right. any pressure to, like, just take every pitch type of thing. But it's the best when you're on the same page as Coach Rocha. It's really awesome. <laughs> what's
3: that What's that like to know that you – and this has been G. Juarez since day one of her career, right? You um, obviously going into Arizona State, having the success there, going to the World Series with Arizona State, playing against Oklahoma, then obviously leading Oklahoma to the World Series, pitching in the Championship Series, now the a, a team that's, you know, just won 40 straight games. What's that like to always, you're getting every team's best shot, every hitter once, I mean, you that's got to be so empowering too, right, to know that. Their ultimate goal is to try to do something good against you and against this team. It's got to be it's got to fire up those competitive juices, right?
1: Oh yeah. It definitely makes me better knowing like every game we play like you're getting the best out of whatever team you're playing. And but like what really fires me up is like this offense. This offense is absolutely awesome. Like they like if I make a mistake They will always come in a circle. It's so funny. They'll be like, we got you. Like, we got you. (laughs) And, like, just having that, like, okay, yeah, you guys do have me. Like, I don't think I've ever felt like that, like, just confidence with another team. Like, they just, they fire me up. The offense does. The defense does. Like, just the rest of the pitching staff does. And it's, like, crazy because, like, you know you're getting the best. And, like, the hitters know they're getting the best every time we play. And just to, like, have that, like, it is empowering, but it also makes us a lot better every time we play.
3: We're hanging out with Giselle G. Juarez. She'll be in the circle this weekend, I assume, uh, as Oklahoma battles Texas Tech in three games, and we'll see how the weather plays out. Uh, I'm not going to keep you long, though I want to talk to you the rest of the day because, G., we haven't even touched on – your, your family, I love seeing uh, the, the support you get on social media. We haven't even talked about your path. So let's circle back. Can you take us through Mom and what this family means to you and having them follow you from place to place and the confidence that they give you too?
1: Man, I love when they come with us. Um, <laughs> like, it's just nice to, like, I don't really hear a lot of people when I'm, like, pitching. Like, I'm really, like, in the zone. But sometimes I'll hear my dad or I'll hear my mom. And it's just, like, really like it's nice it feels like okay they're with me type of thing because I mean they (laughs) they got me to where I am like they helped they helped like oh I don't even have a word like a huge amount um and just like having them with me and like knowing that they're in the stands just like brings me a lot of comfort just knowing like they're out there I don't know it just makes me smile like I I love having them and like I think it was one series they missed this year so far, and I was like, "Man, it's so weird without you guys there." Like it was just it was it was different, but I love having them there in every series. Uh,
3: How full circle was the trip to Tempe? How full circle was that moment for you? Or Tucson, Tempe? Anyway, the trip to Arizona State. (laughs) What was that moment like for you, where you're facing off against people that you played with? Gee, I mean, this isn't, you know, and and I know that there's been some turnover, but what was – i I've said it a lot on the broadcast. You tell me if you think I'm wrong. I thought that was one of the bigger moments of the season for you to be able to go out. You're still not necessarily, as you said, it's still a process to get back to, to where you were, but that that had to be a huge moment for you, right?
1: Yeah, it really was. Um, it was weird at first, like just like being in the stadium again. But uh-huh. it, it was a very full circle moment. It was because um, I had grown up playing uh, state championships, one against Grace Lyons in that stadium. And then I played the first two years there. And then obviously I'm here now. And it felt very full circle, like just like throughout my entire pitching career. Um, and so it was, weird but it kind of felt like it was a huge moment like it was a growing moment for myself and i think that was like like you said no i'm with you like it was definitely a huge growth awesome. moment for me and i don't think like i pitched a better game like i felt confident i felt like i was attacking through my zone and um just like i was being me and um right. i think that was huge for myself and it was it
3: was huge. It was a great moment for me. Uh, I uh, yeah, it was great, and it was great to see in person. All right, I, I, I I'll, I'll, I'll let you go after this. I just got to share a personal story. So none of my girls play play sports, but my niece does. My niece Ellie, and she G is a left handed pitcher. And so mm-hmm. my sister, my my younger sister, texted me the other day, and she goes, "Your your niece Ellie is writing about G. Juarez in her pitching diary. So she keeps a pitching diary, and." She talked about how your competitiveness and seeing you throw inspires her. So I, I wanted to just tell you that you are doing incredible things in my family, which is great to see because none of my girls pitch, but my niece is. And I, and I have to imagine you go places and you hear and you watch this younger generation that wants to get into softball and you see girls that want to be like you, G. What's that like for you as a, as a person? to see that you're making an impact and you're doing it more than just what you are, are are having take place on the field, but in the kind of person that you are, it's got to mean a lot to you.
1: It does. You like made my heart melt. That's so sweet. Oh my goodness. Um, but like, (laughs) yeah, it just, it makes me just want to continue, like continue being the person on the mound. I am. And it's kind of funny because you mentioned that, but, Coach uh, JT, he, his daughter got glasses and she, yep. they were showing her my glasses and my goggles and whatnot and, like, she's just so cute and she was like, <laughs> I guess she was pointing out my glasses because, like, I'm one of the only people that wears them. So just knowing that, like, I can make little girls and, like, the younger generation feel more comfortable being either on the field or at school, be more comfortable with, like, either the glasses or just, like, pitching in general, um, like, oh, it just makes me so happy and, like, just want to continue what I'm doing and making a difference and just oh. knowing also that, like, God gets the glory because he put me in this position and, like, he put me in this platform for a reason. And it's just awesome.
3: I, I've I've said it from the first day. You, you are. You're here for a reason, G. And I've – uh I've been blessed to be there every step of the way. Uh, enjoy what's going to be kind of a unique senior celebration this week, and I'm glad yeah. <laughs> we're still able to do it. Uh, so I'll see you out at the ballpark, and uh, have a great countdown to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this.
1: You're welcome. Bye.
3: She's had a great season. She's undefeated. I know she is ready to go this weekend against the Red Raiders. And finally, Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, sat down with one of the hottest hitters in college baseball, Tyler Hardman.
2: Hardo, good morning. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for getting up early. I don't know if you would normally be up at 745 in the morning or not. So if I've thrown off your game day routine, I feel terrible. No, I'm all right. We're all good. All right. Very good um Tyler what is the team mindset going into this weekend uh second half of the season here things didn't go as well as you would have liked up to Manhattan um how are you guys feeling going into this weekend what's been talked about this week
6: uh you know we just feel like it's a turning point uh the first half already happened and you know there's nothing left to do about that first half but to learn from it there's no no more dwelling on it that's not going to do anybody any good the what we talk about the most is learning from our past and life and in the, in the game of baseball. So that's that's our goal. is This turning point, we're going to learn from what we, what the mistakes we had and build on those and don't let those mistakes happen again.
2: What gives you the confidence that you guys can make this a turning point and get hot here?
6: Uh, because we've seen it. We've seen it against Arkansas. We've seen it in the uh, really important uh, third game against Kansas. And uh, we've just seen it here and there against different teams. We've seen how how great this team really is. And the turning point is something that we all believe is going to happen because we've we've seen flashes of of how great this team can really be and how much of a run we can actually make.
2: I want to talk about you for a second because you're having an unbelievable season. Uh, You were having a good career at Oklahoma before this year. But obviously, you put in some work or changed something going into the season because this is historic, what you're doing so far this year. So tell me about your off season. You know, you got the COVID stuff going on. Uh, did you change your swing? Did you get with a coach? What what happened that has allowed you to have this type of a season this year?
6: Uh, well, during COVID, uh, I honestly was pretty lucky. I was back in Georgia uh, when my parents moved, and, uh, I actually had access to a weight room and cages the whole time. So throughout all of COVID and everything like that, big lockdown, I, I was still able to get my work in and, uh, honestly throughout the whole thing, I just, I thought about what, what could I be doing? I could be sitting at home, not doing anything or do, doing exactly what I want to be doing. So, I mean, I got out, got up, worked every day. And by the time we got back here, um, I felt like I was already ready to go. And since Mo we stepped on campus, I've always had a great relationship with my coaches, and they've helped me out tremendously since I've been here. And with some tweaks and adjustments here and there, I mean, I think it's just a it's just shows you that you know you can't you can't just lay around and expect good things to happen. You have to go out there, and if you want something bad enough, you're going to go out there and do something to make it happen.
2: You say tweaks and adjustments, and baseball players are always you know tinkering and tweaking things Absolutely. about their stance or their approach or their whatever, but uh was there something significant in your swing or anything that you adjusted going into this year or is it simply getting in the batting cage and getting a bunch of reps uh it's definitely
6: the combination of the two um once once we tweak something whether it was my time or something like that, it's getting in the cages and um really making that that new tweak or that new adjustment making it my own um because you can say ten different things in the in the game of baseball to make somebody swing different, but one of those is going to click and hit different. So, um, we definitely worked on uh, changing my leg kick around and getting just allowing me to see the ball more. And I mean that's that's been the game changer, just seeing the ball this year. Uh, mixing that with the mental game and making sure I'm going to the box with the right with the right um, uh, with the right mindset of I'm not just going to be passive here. I'm always trying to be aggressive. So I think the combination of that with the mental game and um, just focusing on seeing the ball this year has is, is really boosted me a lot.
2: Are you a see-ball, hit-ball guy, or are you trying to think along with the pitcher when you're up there as to, you know, this is a fastball count, this is a, you're, I'm expecting the breaker here? Are you trying to kind of guess what's coming, or are you just an instinctual hitter?
6: Uh, I would say it depends on the count. I mean, um, especially in certain counts, the percentages that we look at on the scouting reports are definitely a lot higher. And if I know the pitcher, then I know um, what his tendencies and what his, uh, it's more so what the field pitches are. If the pitcher he's, gets, in a, gets me in a good count or gets in a bad count and his go-to pitch or he feels the most comfortable with this certain pitch, I, I'm going to have that in the back of my mind. But um, for the most part, I'm an instinctual hitter because I, uh, the second I sit on a pitch, I'm almost surprised if I get it right. And then uh, I think it's too much guessing when you are going up there to hit. I think I just wanted to go up there and see it and battle and just simply beat the pitcher.
2: All right. A lot's being made of your uh, hitting this year, and rightfully so. But there's a couple of parts of your game that I think are, are either underrated or don't talked about enough. You are an excellent defender. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day. Um, you know, in the kind of the pro scout realm, who was talking about how you have a plus glove at first base, and I don't think a lot of people talk about that. You take a lot of pride in your defense, don't you?
6: Absolutely, uh, it's another way for me to help my team. And uh, you know, a lot of people might think that someone just thrown over, stuck at first base. But um, the second I was put over there, our infield coach Hook came over and said, "You know, we put someone over here that's going to be able to um, be able to handle the ball because I, I handle the ball just as much." uh as anybody on the field and definitely more at most times so i definitely take part in that because i i think it's definitely another huge way for me to help the team
2: the other thing is your base running you've gone from you know and i've seen you play your whole career i would say an average base runner to this year a fantastic base runner uh you're faster i don't know if you slimmed down or you did some plyometrics or what but you're faster, and you've been very aggressive on the base paths this year. Is that something that was a point of emphasis for you going into the season?
6: Yeah, that was something. Uh, right when COVID hit for the big lockdown, I uh, I reached out to my strength coach and our nutritionist here at Oklahoma, and uh, I said, "I know that there's something I can change. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on my baseball. That, that's a given because it's it's just part of my daily routine. It's it's all I think about is my baseball. So." And I thought another way of doing that was to really get my body in shape. And um, I'd say uh, my strength coach definitely agree. I flipped my body around over the COVID. I'd, I'm in the best shape I've ever been. And I'm, I can see it with my hitting and power more, and, as well as my um, base running. I'm, I'm lighter, quicker. And knowing that, and I've worked on that up the fall, getting used to that new speed and everything. I'm, I'm definitely wanting to be more aggressive.
2: What do we know about Georgia Southern this weekend? Um, what we talk about a lot
6: is, you know, they might come in with a good pitcher here and there, but, um, the, the game's really between ourselves and that's what, that's what we all love. What Skip talks about is, uh, all it is is how well you play against the ball and knowing that it does, it, it helps us not overemphasize a certain pitch that they have or something like that, because you don't, you don't want to just dive into, dive into their team. Cause I'd say more than 90% of the game is you being ready for the ball to come at you.
2: Who who is the Tyler Hardman comparison in Major League Baseball? Who do you look at and say that's who I can be?
6: Um, I've actually talked to Skip about this. I m- my favorite comparison would be Chris Bryant. Um, he's someone that, hmm. you know, he he's an aggressive hitter. He has power to every part of the field. I've seen him go home runs from foul pole to foul pole. And uh, as a defensive side, he's a utility player and plays all of the all over the um, all over the field. So I think that's something that. Um, is really, easily comparable because I think I could truly help my team and I would want to help them in any position I could.
2: Great comp. I like that. I hope you don't play for the Cubs, but that's a great comp. Um, final question, and this is the most important one, Hardo. Let's say seventh inning tonight, you've got a 14-1 to lead and you're at first base. Are you stealing second? <laughs> Do not sucker him into our argument this morning. I'm just asking him. He at, knows baseball. Ask, ask him, though, at 10 U in Little Hardo. League, is he stealing uh, okay. second base? He's stealing <laughs> for, up 14 to 1. Hardo respects the game. He wouldn't be stealing with at a At 10 years old, league. he's
0: stealing. <laughs> All right. Uh, you don't have to answer I, I, that. I th- yeah, go at ahead. At this
6: hard. level, I'm probably not. We work on that and. Um, As we're always trying to help our pitchers and get more runs, we definitely have a mutual respect among the teams. OU Baseball will
3: play a doubleheader on Saturday, as will OU Softball. So OU Baseball against Georgia Southern at 1-3 tomorrow. Same for Sooner Softball. I would assume that second game will start a little bit later for baseball. But – Uh, should be a fun Saturday with baseball doubleheaders, softball doubleheaders, and, of course, the spring game, which will go all in on first thing tomorrow morning with the huddle reloaded right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Ginny Bronchak. Thanks to G. Juarez. Thanks to Tyler Hardman. And thanks to you for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until tomorrow, boomer Sooner, everybody.
2: This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind. Home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards, Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.